All right, all right, good morning. If you have your Bibles, grab those. We'll be in Revelation chapter 21 this morning, Revelation chapter 21. Um, I did not put it on the app this week. I just figured with us being online, uh, probably a little bit easier for you just to follow along uh, in, your, in your Bible or, in, um, or on your device if you're not using your device. And so we didn't put it up on the, uh, the app this week. Uh, but Revelation 21, uh, we're going to start in verse 5 and then we'll jump into verse 1 so you can kind of follow along that way if you want to and just uh, know that's where we'll be uh, this morning. Uh, but we are in our series, uh, The Kingdom. And so last week we talked about uh, being citizens of the kingdom and uh, what those citizens do. Do and so we, we first of all talked about how uh, we enter that uh, enter being citizens of that kingdom. The way that we become those citizens is by childlike faith. And so we just looked at the scripture last week where um, the children are coming to Jesus and the disciples don't like that. They feel like maybe he's got something more important to do, and and Jesus becomes frustrated in that. And, and so he corrects him and tells them, "No, let these children come to me." And so we just looked at what that meant. We looked at the, we talked about the work of the Holy Spirit whereby he awakens in your heart this reality of your great need for Jesus as Savior. And really what childlike faith is this, is I don't know how long or how often you've been around kids or what you know about kids, is, but, but, but you can tell a kid something and they'll believe it. I mean, they will fully, fully jump on whatever it is that you tell them. They, they trust you wholeheartedly, fully uh, engaged in whatever it is that you're telling them, whatever uh, truth or fallacy that you have for them to tell them, that they will believe it and go all in with it. And so as we talk about childlike faith, that's what we're talking about. So to enter into the kingdom, what we do as believers, awakened by the Holy Spirit, we hear what Jesus has said, we read and we look at all the things that Jesus has done, and as a result of that, man, we enter into that relationship with childlike faith. We wholeheartedly believe and go headlong into all the things that Jesus has said and has claimed and has done in his life. And so we looked at that first and foremost. And then the second thing that we looked at as it pertains to uh, uh, being a part of the kingdom is what we do. And so as believers, uh, as a part of the kingdom, citizens of this kingdom, uh, one of the acts that we do is, is live a life of repentance. So when the Holy Spirit convicts us and points out different areas in our life whereby we are not matching up and following after and doing the things that Jesus has called and asked for us to do, that we feel that conviction by the Holy Spirit. And then what we do is we enter into uh, all the more this, this lifestyle of repentance, we let the Holy Spirit uh, convict us and draw us and point out. And when we do that, we, we beg of him to change our mind, to change our heart, whereby we turn and we follow all along uh, again farther and further uh, in relationship with him. And so we, we looked at that last week. You can find that talk uh, online or on our app or on our website uh, there. Um, and then even in that talk, one of the things that really excites me about last week was this. In that we announced that God has put on our heart here as a church to look at entering into a new ministry opportunity, a new mission opportunity. As, as we've been praying and we've been seeking and we've been asking him to just direct us all the more, uh, he has put upon our hearts here as leadership of this church uh, this thought of a child uh, after-school program for children. And so, I mean, we, we mentioned that, we talked about that. And so just kind of some, again, timelining uh, with that is next week we'll look to have a Q&A. And then after that Q&A, we'll have a vote of confidence. If everything goes good and looks good there, after that vote of confidence, then what we'll do is I'll work to put together uh, a board that will help govern and, and lead that ministry. Um, and then that board will be responsible for hiring a director. And then that director will be responsible for getting uh, policy and different things put into place. And then after they get things put into place, uh, look at hiring a staff to be able to, to man that and, and our heart and our hope is to get started come uh, end of May, beginning of June when school gets out. And we'll start
start this coming summer and let that be a pipeline that will feed right into the after school program for next year. But we just believe, man, this is a great ministry opportunity, mission opportunity for us uh, as a people and for us as a church. And so we talked about, uh, again, all of that last week and we're excited for the Q&A this coming week. Um, but this week what we're going to do is we're going to look at the kingdom and as we look at the kingdom we're going to see four ways that God uh, uh, makes all things new as it pertains to the kingdom being remade. So I'm going to ask you if you'd join me this morning as we pray and then we'll jump in. Father we love you. Uh, Jesus we just thank you for this morning. Thank you for your word. Father I just pray that you just help calm our heart, calm our spirit God and as, as we look at this truth this morning as we've been visiting in your word what it means to be a part of the kingdom, what the kingdom even is, God, what the future looks like for those who are part of the kingdom, who are citizens. Father, we pray that this morning that your Holy Spirit would just, would just calm our soul, would just encourage our heart, would just draw us all the more closer to you, God, would convict us of sin in our life and just do a multitude of things that you have promised in your word. So, so Father, as we open up your scriptures, as we hear your word proclaimed, Jesus, we pray that you would just do work in us. God, from the oldest to the youngest, that you would just move in a mighty, mighty way and remind us exactly of who you are. God, may we find our hope, may we find our security, may we find our peace in that reality of who you are. God, we're going to see hardcore what your word says about things to come this morning. So, Father, help us have ears to hear. God, help us walk out in obedience what we know to be true. Jesus, all of this is for you. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. So the, so the unbeatable purpose of God for creation and for his people will be to, uh, won't be complete until all things are made new and his glory are made fully known. And so look with me at Revelation 21 verse 5. This is what it says. And just, just listen to these words. Be encouraged by these words. He says, And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Also, he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. So what we did earlier on in this series is we defined what the kingdom was, especially in conjunction to God's rule and to God's reign. And so this is God speaking to John, and he is on his throne, his throne of the universe. And so my question for you this morning is, who sits on a throne? Who takes his rightful place on a throne? Is it not that of a king? A throne is reserved for a king. And so what we see here is, is we see Jesus seated on the throne and he begins to speak. He begins to say some things. And so what we see here, what we need to understand here is that this is, this is Jesus as king. And this reality points all the more to his authority. See, anybody can talk, anybody can say whatever they want to say, but the one who holds ultimate authority Ultimate rule, ultimate reign. That's the voice we listen to. That's the voice that we uh, uh, follow hard after. And so what we see here is this king ruling and reigning and he speaks and what he says is trustworthy and true. And, and so as I thought about that this week and as I looked at that, I was just, I mean, I was just encouraged by this word. This little verse right here that we may wax over and read through really fast. This little verse here where he says, for these words are trustworthy and true. What's trustworthy and true? The, the four verses that he just talked about. And, and we're going to look at those here in just a moment. But he says, this is trustworthy and true. I mean, don't we need that in our life right now? Not just right now, but Always. We need trustworthy and true things that we can cling to, that we can hold to, that we can follow, that we can trust, that we can know. And I don't know where you've been this week. I don't know what God has stirred in your heart. I don't know what's happened. Not just this week. Can we just talk about this year? I mean, can we just talk about a lifetime even? 
The things that we go through, the things that we experience, man, we need trustworthy. I don't know about you, but like social media or the news or the internet. I mean, what can we trust nowadays? What can we bank on? What can we hold to? I mean, does not everything have man's bent on it? Have opinion in it? The thing about what Jesus, about what God has to say is ultimate truth. That's what we need. We need ultimate truth. Not some truth that's good for one person and then not good for another or for for this group and for not this group. We need ultimate truth. We need ultimate reality. We need to know for certain what's right and what's wrong. What's upstanding and what needs to be done away with. And so what God has to say today from His Word is something that we as citizens of the kingdom can bank on. Are things that we can hold to and cling to and know. And so my encouragement for you this morning, just in this small verse, is don't lose heart. Do not lose heart. Cling to the reality of what Jesus has to say. And and just to circle back to this whole series in general, that's been my hope for us. For us not to lose hope, but for to have our hearts reoriented around the reality and the truth of who Jesus is. And what this kingdom is that he's, he's building, this kingdom that's going to come, this kingdom that he's established, is to reorient our hearts about that. And so I don't know about you, but, but as I've seen, as I've watched this week, and I've, man, I've just experienced a flood of emotion, and there's this, this phrase that just kind of keeps coming back up, and you see the picture uh, of our country, and you see this great divide, and you see, see all of this stuff, and this is craziness has been said. And, and I just want to point our hearts for a second, church, to the reality of, of something for a second. We've always been a people divided. From the moment that sin enters the world, there has been this great divide. Now, the problem is, is that we've probably forgotten about that. That we've probably gotten so emotionally attached to things or we've gotten so uh, focused on certain things that don't really matter or we've ran after things that, that, that we need not to run after. But, but we've always been a people divided. If you look from the moment of the fall, the moment that sin enters the world, there is this great divide against good and evil, uh, dark and light. And so the reality is this, for those of us who are citizens of the kingdom, those of us who have entered by faith into relationship with Jesus Christ, and, and we belong to him and to that kingdom, for those of us who belong to Jesus, there is this divide. There, there is this divide between lost and saved. Now, it's how we handle that divide. It's what we do in that divide that matters. Because for us as the church, for us as kingdom citizens, my fear is that we have, we have taken our eyes off the reality of that purpose and that mission and that calling as, as men and women of light, as men and women of truth, as men and women of uh, ambassadors of King Jesus. So for us, we know that there's a divide. I mean, that, that's not new news for us. That's not something that should take us off guard. And I'm not even talking political here. I'm talking about something far, far greater than politics. I'm talking about the soul of man. I'm talking about the weight of eternity. So church, yes, there's a divide. We know that. Again, that's the heart behind this series is for us to be reminded to whom we belong, to what kingdom we have uh, established citizenship in. And it's not the U.S. of A. It's the kingdom of God as men and women of God. That's where our citizenship lies. That's where our, 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 um, our loyalty lies is to that of King Jesus. And so as a result of that, uh, as, as born-again men and women, as citizens of the kingdom, our calling and our purpose is to proclaim the good news of Jesus. And we know there's a divide. We know that there's issues. We know that there's struggles. So what do we do? We cling all the more to truth 
that Jesus has spoken to mission and calling that Jesus has given us. And now we go. We're not afraid of divide. We're not afraid of those things. No, we, we want to engage. We want to have conversation. We want to meet people where they're at. We want to love. We want to walk with. We want to invite all the more to show people the love of Jesus Christ. So, so we get that. That's the heart behind the series. That's the heart behind this series. And so what I would encourage you is this. Run to what you know is true. And what we're going to see this morning is trustworthy and true, stuff that we can hang on to and we can bank on. And so he wants us to have this assurance, no matter how much evil, how much suffering, how much bad we see, that he is and he will make all things new. So the first point is this. The first way that, that, that all things are made new in the kingdom, remade, is this, is a new creation. He's making a new creation. Revelation 21.1, this is what God's word says. Remember, this is trustworthy and true. We can bank on this. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. See, the hope of the prophets and the people of God seem to be uh, at this earth and this heaven that, that he's, been ta- he's talking about here that's going to be made new. That's their hope. That's what they're longing for. That's what they're looking to. God's going to renovate this whole thing, a kind of global renovation. I, I don't know where you're at, or uh, there's this big um, uproar right now for HGTV and this, this fixer-upper TV show, Chip and Joanna Gaines. I personally just think he's waiting to get them there, and then he'll, and I'm just joking. Um, but what I'm saying is this, is that we're just enamored by taking busted up and broken and doing what? Flipping it and fixing it and making it new. Taking something that is worthless and not valuable, not practical, uh, not something that you can uh, use or work with very much. And then what do they do? They come in and they, they, they strip it down to bare bones. And they begin to put back and they begin to, to rearrange. They begin to do some things. And as they do that, they make it functionable. They make it, they make it nice and, and clean and pretty and, and new looking. And they, and they just do an amazing work on it as they flip houses, as they do all this type of stuff to renovate and to renew. And we're just enamored with that reality now in our culture and our world. See, that's what's going to happen in the kingdom remade. Everything worthless, everything evil, everything painful, all of that's going to be done away with. All that's going to be, that's going to pass away. Uh, Flip for a second if you can. Romans 8, 21. This this is what Paul pins in the book of Romans 8, 21. And just listen to the current creation. Listen to the current world that we live in. He says that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain a freedom of the glory of the children of God. The very creation itself is going to be set free. In verse 22 it says, For we know that the whole creation, everything that you see, mountains, trees, uh, everything created. He says, For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. See, the whole created order has felt the pains of this brokenness of sin. So when you have horrific uh, events that take place in our world, tsunamis or earthquakes, it's just the creation groaning. What Paul tells us in the book of Romans, that's, that's just the childbirth of this creation, longing and yearning for more. That, that's a broken and fallen world. That's what's happening there in those scriptures. But God, in his rule and his reign, is doing what? He's remaking his kingdom. He's remaking his kingdom, a whole creation made new uh, where we will dwell for all eternity. A new creation with an environment like like we see in the garden there in Genesis before the fall enters in. 
That's what God's doing. The first thing that he is doing, making new in that kingdom, is a creation. The second way that all things are made new in the kingdom is this, is, is we're made spiritually new. We are made spiritually new. And so God promises when he makes all things new that, that we will be made spiritually new. Not just partially now, but, but wholly. We will be in, in a perfected state. Look at verse 2 of Revelation there. It says this, and I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. So this is a picture of the church. She's prepared. She's beautiful for her husband. Who is her husband? Her husband is Jesus. Like, we're the bride. He's, he, he is the groom. And so when God makes all things new, he makes the church, us, his people, spiritually whole for his son. Yes, we're positionally whole right now. For those of us who are citizens of the kingdom, we are, we are declared righteous. We are justified in the reality of what Christ has done and accomplished on the cross. Absolutely, that's imputed to us, his righteousness, his holiness. But we are not fully made whole while we are still here uh, living and breathing on this earth. But one day we will enter that glorified state whereby we will be made whole. Let's listen to Revelation 21, starting in verse 9. Just a few verses down. Look at, look at what's said here. It says, Then came one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls full of the seven last plagues, and he spoke to me, saying, Come, I will show you the bride, the wife of the Lamb. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great high mountain and showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, having the glory of God, its radiance like, most, like a most rare jewel, like a jasper, clear as crystal. See, what's being portrayed here, what's being said here, what we see is that we will get God's glory fully. We, we will get that glory fully. It's going to purify us so deeply and so thoroughly that we're going to be like a rare jewel. That we're going to be crystal clear. Man, may we long for that day when we'll be so good, where we'll be so right, where we'll be so pure that we'll be like a translucent jewel that people see straight through us without seeing any impurity. I, I, I don't know about you. I don't know the sin that you wrestle with or the struggle that you have. But man, in my heart, there's a longing for the day when that's gone. When there's no more of that. There's no more sin struggle. There's no more uh, being drawn away or, or my attention and affection being taken off of Jesus. There, there, there's, no more, there's no more of that. Like, like this week, I, I read an article of a pastor in New York who had had a, 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 just a spiritual fall. Uh, was leading this congregation and he had just taken his eyes off of Jesus. And in doing that, man, he follows the flesh. And as a result of that, he'd been removed from his position. Man, I, just, I long for the day when sin's not even an issue. When there's no more battle, there's no more fight. Man, man we'll, we'll be made just like what's being said here. That we'll, there, there will be no impurity. There'll be perfection. See, I believe this is what we see over in the book of Genesis. Where we talked about that being naked and ashamed. Naked and not ashamed. That's what, I'm, that's what I believe that this, this will be. That's what it will be like for us. There will be, there'll be nothing hitting. There will be nothing shameful. No motives or initiatives. I mean, is that not refreshing? That you don't have to worry about what you're being set up for when you talk to somebody. You don't have to try to be deceptive or hide. I mean, you can just be fully known, fully accepted, fully loved. There will be none of that ridiculousness where we have to try to pretend and to be something that we're not or, or, or vice versa. No trickery, nothing but being whole 
and pure. And hear me, this only takes place under the rule and reign of God and the kingdom remade. So the second thing that's made new in this kingdom remade is us being spiritually whole, fully in that glorified state. The third way that, that all things are made new in the kingdom uh, remade is this is our relationship with God. Our relationship with God will be different. Look at what he says in verse 3. He says, And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them as their God. Can I get a yes and amen? Finally. Finally, we're restored back to that state. I mean, his presence fully with us and among us. I mean, this is the very thing that man needs so desperately. This is the very thing that we long for. This is the very thing that, that we struggle so intently with. It's is, is God's presence with us. See, we know from 1 Corinthians 6, 19 that he's with us now as the Spirit dwells in us. Then in 2 Corinthians 5, 6, and 7, Paul says that while we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. Here we walk by faith and not by sight. So while we are away from the Lord, we do not see as we will see one day. Think about that for a moment. There's going to come a day where you're not going to need faith. Why? Because you're going to be an ultimate reality of who Jesus Christ is. You're going to be in his presence, in this new Jerusalem, in this new kingdom. As he rules and he reigns as a good king. And that day is coming. That day is, is nearing. Where our relationship with God is changed. And his presence is fully experienced, fully known. Something far greater is coming for all of us in our relationship with God. For those of us who are citizens of this kingdom. For those of us who have entered through childlike faith into relationship with with Jesus, we will forever be fully in his presence. Man, and this is one of the greatest realities of the kingdom remade. This is one of the greatest truths about the kingdom is that we have the presence of God in our midst all the time, anytime. Man, think about that. Think about that. Like, like for me, for so long of my life, for my life, I've, I've, I've been here in South Carolina for 14 years. And so for 14 years, I haven't lived at home. Mom and dad have been in another state. Well, just a few, few months ago, they moved down. And so like this past week, I had the opportunity to kind of hang out with my dad for a little bit uh, Friday morning and just to, to be there with him and, and do some things with him and us just get some stuff accomplished. And man, as I read this, as I thought about this, man, there's this longing just to be in the presence of Jesus. See, see it used to be I could pick up the phone depending whether or not he was at work, if he would answer, if he could talk, or if he wasn't doing something else. Uh, and so I got to pick up the phone this week, and not just pick up the phone, but I got to pick up the phone and make an appointment where we could get together, where we could spend time together, where we could go do something. And so as I read this and as I look at this, man, God's presence is not going to be like that. There's not going to be schedules. There's not going to be uh, trying to figure out, okay, can I fit Scott in this week? There's going to be none of that. It's his presence fully made known, fully in the midst of, all the time, anytime. That's what we want. Church, that's what's going to be so amazing about heaven. Is that he is going to be there and we're going to be with him. And then the fourth and final way that, that all things are made new and this kingdom remade. Is our physical body. Our, our physical body. See, the Bible does not teach that the final state of glory is, is one of disembodied spirits. See, so many Christians are focused nowadays on getting to heaven. As great as that is, heaven is not our final destination. In the kingdom remade, there will be a new heaven and a new earth where they will have new physical bodies. 
We will have new physical bodies. Look at verse 4. It says, He will wipe away every tear from their eye, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things are passed away. No more death, no more pain, no more tears. So that means this. The body that we know that we have will be changed. Why? Because this current body does what? It dies. It hurts. It cries. It it feels pain. The body as we know it here is gone. Is that not great news? I mean, is that not phenomenal news? I don't know where you're at in life, but I know for me this is that there are times when I wake up in the morning and I'm sore just from sleeping. How does that even happen? All I did was go into my bedroom, lay down in the night on a nice fluffy bed, just firm enough, just fluffy enough, nice cushy covers with the just right pillow that I need for the optimal rest so that I can take on my day tomorrow. And there are times with that, that, that perfect situation, that perfect environment so that I think there are moments when I wake up the next morning sore like I've worked out all night. And it hurts just to get out of bed. And I'm like, what in the world? All I've done was sleep. And it's like I pulled a hammy. I mean, how do you pull a hamstring sleeping? But what we read, what we know from Scripture, what we see here is we're going to get new bodies that are not going to feel that. We're not going to have to worry about stretching before we go for a run. We're not going to have to... We're not going to have to worry about any of that stuff, pain and and, and feeling pain and and struggling through. We get new bodies. All of that is done away with. See, see Paul writes this in Philippians chapter 3, verse 20. He says, but our citizenship is in heaven. So for those of of us who are believers, that's where our citizenship is, is in heaven. Just church, remember that. Never forget that. No matter what happens here, no matter what goes on here, no matter the difficulty, the struggle, the strife, the disunity, the, the, you name it. Everything that we have experienced our whole life, no matter what goes on, our citizenship is not here. But our citizenship is in heaven. And from it, we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will, listen to this, who will transform our lowly body to be like His glorious body by the power that enables Him even to subject all things to Himself. I mean, so if you just look at our world for a second, if you just look, look around for a moment, I mean, there are a lot of people who have bodies that have issues. I mean, you have some deformities. You have missing limbs. You have some people who are paralyzed, some who can't hear, some who can't see, some who have extensive skin issues. And that list could go on and on and on. But God has no intention of leaving anybody in that condition if they'll just trust and believe in Him and become a citizen of the kingdom. He has his purpose for letting man be born that way. He has his purpose and his reasoning, what we read from in the book of John, for, for allowing a, a man and woman to be born with infirmities, to be born with, uh, with, with issues and struggles and, 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 and disabilities. He has a purpose for that, is what the scripture teaches. But what's great to know, with all of our infirmities, with all of our struggles, with all of our limitations, as this body breaks down every single day that we're alive, we're going to have a new body. We're going to have a perfected body. 
We're going to have a body that's not going to struggle with that. We're going to, we're going to have a fully functioning body that, that's made glorious. That's what we will get. That's what we will have. No limitations anymore. And so he has, God has no intention of leaving anybody in, the, in that condition if they just trust him, if they just believe. He, he will do a mighty, mighty work there to change and transform. So he has no intention of leaving anyone in pain and disability who trusts in the kingdom remade. Our physical bodies will be made new. These glorified bodies that we will receive, that we will have, that we will uh, 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 adorn in eternity with him and this kingdom remade in the new Jerusalem. That's what we get. So, so as the band comes back and as we close, I just want to close with the way that I started. I want to read uh, Revelation 21 verse 5 one more time. And he, he being God, who, who was seated on the throne, remember king, authority, all the power is his. This is what he says, Behold, I am making all things new. Also he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. So everything that we looked at in the four verses before this, all of that, that that we just talked about, that we just looked about, all of that, he, he's making new, he's doing something great there. He, he tells John to write it down because it's something that we can bank on, it's something that we need to know, it's something that we need to cling to, it's something that we need to be made aware of. Don't lose your hope, don't lose your hope, don't lose your hope. Just, just know that I'm doing a work, that I'm doing something, that I'm remaking this kingdom, and, and that I want you to be a part of it. And oh, by the way, when, when, when you get here, when this thing is established and, and fully comes down, there's going to be some things new, even as it pertains to you. Because what we see in the scripture, even 2,000 years after the resurrection and ascension of Jesus, we can go back and we can look and we can cling to because the things that Jesus says, the things that God says, he means. He means. He doesn't just flippantly say something. Our God is a God of intention. Our God is a God of purpose. Our God is a trustworthy, true God. That when he says something, you can count on it. You can count on it. So, so we are citizens of the kingdom. So no matter what happens here, we look to and we long for there. We look to and we long for there. We long for the kingdom remade because one, he's making a new creation, a new heaven and a new earth. He's going to make us new spiritually. He's going to make our relationship with him new. He's going to make our physical bodies new. And so my hope and my prayer is that God, by way of His Word and the work of the Holy Spirit, accomplishes, man, a number of things in your heart this morning. Oh, that He'll do a work in your heart this morning as His Word's been proclaimed. And the first thing that I pray that He reveals to you is your great need for Him. That you'll be saved. Man, who would not want to be a part of that kingdom? No more hurt, no more pain, no more tears, no more struggle, no more strife. Man, perfect Everything perfect and established and put back to the way it was supposed to be, the way it was designed. Relationships. Uh, man, man, no more hurt and no more pain, no more deception and deceitfulness. Man, when somebody says something, they mean it. And so maybe this morning what he's done is he stirred up in your heart this reality that, that you need to become a citizen of that glorious kingdom. And the way that you do that is entering in through faith childlike faith into relationship with Jesus Christ and believing that he has accomplished and he has done a work on the cross that we can never do for ourselves and you wholeheartedly believe and you wholeheartedly renounce the ways of this world the ways of this flesh and you cling to and you hold to the reality of who Jesus Christ is and his work on that cross and then maybe 
maybe what he's done this morning in this reality of his word and this truth that he's, he's spoken to us is that he encourages. Maybe he encouraged you this morning. I don't know about you, but for me, as I read through this, as I looked through this this week, man, how fitting was it that, that this is where God brought me back to to remind me of something that's trustworthy and truthful. His word, what he has said, what he's going to do, what he's going to accomplish. So maybe you just needed to hear that this morning. Maybe you needed to look to that reality of the coming kingdom and what you'll be able to partake in, what you will inherit, what you will have for all eternity with, with Jesus as king. No more corruption, no more fallacies, nothing but love, grace, mercy, truth, and being known fully. And then maybe what's happened is this, and I know this has happened in my heart this week as I've, as I've, as I've read, as I've studied, as I've just watched everything that's kind of unfolded before our eyes. And I'm not even talking about political jargon stuff. I'm just talking about our world in general and this reality of this great divide. And church, hear me, there's a divide. And the great news about believers and citizens of the kingdom that I'm talking about is this, is that we're called to step into the gap and we're called to bridge the divide. And, and who we bridge it with is Jesus Christ. So, so I don't know about for you, but for me, as I've read and as I've watched and I've just seen our world and the, and the chaos that it's been in for years upon years upon years, man, this stirs urgency in my heart for the gospel being made known, being brought forth to the people. Be because the reality is this, on the other side of the kingdom being remade is the kingdom lost. The reality of for, for those of us who have tasted and seen and, become, and have, have become part of the kingdom Citizens of that glorious kingdom that's being remade and is coming. There are those who will not be. There are those who will, will, will taste of for eternity the separation of. In a literal real place called hell. Torment. Separation. Lack of the presence of God. That's something this world has never known. That's something that you and I have never known. The complete absence of God's presence. Oh no, though, though people may not believe, though people may not uh, 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 walk in, though people may not trust, the presence of God is still here by way of the Holy Spirit. I mean, there is common grace that, have been, that has been bestowed upon this world where, where the lost get to experience and see certain things just like the saved get to experience and see certain things. But one day that'll be done away with. So what this has stirred in my heart all the more is this reality, church, that, that, that we've got a great calling and privilege on our life as citizens of the kingdom to go and plead with, to go and invite, to do whatever we have to do under the sun to persuade this lost world to turn their eyes upon Jesus, to come back to to repent of their sin, to enter into relationship with Jesus, to become citizens of this kingdom. Oh, church, there's great, great urgency because hear me, apart from a relationship with Christ, they inherit none of the kingdom. Instead, damnation and judgment. So I don't know what God stirred in your heart, but man, I would encourage you this week, man, to, to look into that, to, to explore all the more opportunities to share, opportunities to engage. Don't be hard-hearted. Don't be bitter. Who, who cares who wins an election? I care who sits on the throne at the end of the day, and that's King Jesus. And what Jesus has said is stuff that we can bank on. I mean, look at history over and over and over as he's proved himself, as he's shown himself to be true. And focus on that. And put into perspective, remember, a lost world's going to act like a lost world. And things that... 
don't you, don't you be a citizen of the kingdom not acting like a citizen of the kingdom. No, no, you be a citizen of a kingdom acting like the citizen of the kingdom that you should. And you show grace and you show mercy and you show love. And, and I don't define those words the way that this world does. Yes, we stand in truth. We call out sin every time. But we do it in a way that's loving and gracious with the hope that will draw lost man to Jesus. So, so what we do in this day, regardless of what the political platform looks like, regardless of what, uh, uh, what, what pandemic is flying around, regardless of, of anything else that happens, is that we are citizens of a kingdom, and we act like citizens of a kingdom, and we, we bow down to our king, and we follow after him, and we do what he's told us to do, and he's given us truth, and he's given us reality to follow. So may our heart be broken this week for this lost world that is in desperate need of a king. May God bless you. May God use you. May you just in this moment spend time praying or reflecting or even singing as they lead us all the more into the presence of Jesus. Father, we love you, Jesus. We thank you. We praise you, God. We ask that you move, speak, make your presence known in a mighty, mighty way. In your name we pray. Amen.